you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. Hey, Desiree. Hey, Cheyenne. What are you doing today? I am going to go see Grandma. She fell and broke her hip. She's in rehab and trying to keep her spirits up. You know how it is. How about you? Naomi. I know. Naomi. Naomi. It's spelled Naomi, but But, you know what? We found her birth certificate a few years ago. mm -hmm. It's actually spelled with an A at the end. But she has been spelling it with an I her whole life and, and correcting everyone that it's pronounced Naoma. It's just a whole story. It's hilarious. Anyway, what my, are you doing? My mom's name is Tanya, but it's T-A-N-Y-A. So there's plenty of people in her life that have been like, Tanya. She's like, it's Tanya. <laughs> Don't correct me on my spelling. Well, she didn't spell. Uh, today is a very important day for me, even though this will be released to... Two 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 thousand twenty two 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 at two twenty two isn't it? Um, today's actually my daughter's birthday. She happy birthday. She turned to two. Happy birthday to her. Monroe's turning two for season two. That's going to be released on two two two, which is good, a Tuesday. Good numbers, good vibes. <laughs> yeah, she woke. She woke up this morning and uh, she said, "Uh oh," and she is pointing outside of her little crib, and. Th- by now, that usually means she took her diaper off and, and I have to like yeah, immediately and jump out. Yeah, and there's number two. Um, but she was like pointing that she took her clothes off. Mm-hmm. So like I just picked her up and I was like, it's your birthday. You're two years old. You're not going to remember this, but mommy will. And I'll tell you all about it when we're older. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't have any like weird reservations or struggles with scheduling time at the studio. Um, even though it's her birthday, yeah, just because I know how important this project is to me and you, but also to my future and her future. Right. Um, and I know that we're going to spend the rest of the day together. This is, you know, like a morning afternoon that we're doing and I get the rest of the day. Um, but I just think it's really important to show her like why mommy's doing this. Yeah. Um, I know that we don't live like a normal life. I don't have a nine to five anymore. We're going to be traveling, helping, you know, being good, whatever good means to us. Um, But this project is very, very important to me. And the older she gets, the more that she'll understand that. Well, and it's important that our kids see um, that dreams and goals and ambition is important and they're important as well, but mm-hmm. that we don't sacrifice everything about ourselves for them. That we, of course, do sacrifice for them. We do take care of them. Absolutely. But ourselves are important as well. Yeah, I don't want to, if I don't want to like pour from an empty cup in my relationship with my husband, I certainly don't want to do it with my daughter. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I don't come up on those like blocks where I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it today. Like I am right. just absolutely empty. Um like but I, I always, just I just think it's really important to to live my purpose and live my dream and show her like, hey, you have to have a balance. And I am my own person. I have my own identity outside of being your mother. And that's something I never saw for my parents until I got much, much older. Like when I was like, you you lived a life 
before me. <laughs> right. That's like, trippy. Like you're not going to haul us holler at her and tell her you're not going to fix her pancakes when she's begging for food, but you're going to you're definitely going to take care of yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever want to yell at her, but I'm still I'm still rewiring myself to not be frustrated and understand like where she's coming from. Like she's been on earth for two years now. So if she has to listen to the happy, happy song on YouTube 27 times in a row, (laughs) it's going to happen. By God, we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, there's times where like she's trying to climb up on the fireplace and jump off of stuff. And I know in my brain that I don't want her to jump off there because one, I don't want you to build that pathway that it's okay to jump <laughs> off the furniture. Right. Two, you could get injured, but you don't see that because she's not at that awareness level yet. Right. And I think that that's a big disconnect from what I've observed in like parents yelling at their kids and just being so frustrated, like, why aren't you listening? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, check their age, look at their awareness and where like their like brain levels at. Yeah. And if you want to get into like chakra systems, they're developing their energy centers in their body. Mm-hmm. So if you like we left the root chakra a while ago, now we're up on the I think it's solar plexus and sacral is what we're area that we're around. Mm-hmm. And if a child like so the root chakra is going to be like, you know, survival which is why newborns need to be so close to their mom and their dad and have all that nurturing um but then after they start saying no and jumping off stuff and dumping their food on the ground and trying to pick up a fork um they're going into the exploration phase and then the one up above that is going to be kind of around your self-worth so it's really important to like be nice to your kids encourage them tell them that they are loved tell them that like you also love yourself um since she was a baby um either bathing or just walking into the bathroom I I would always show herself in the mirror and I call it mirror Monroe and I'm building that pathway of self-love from the absolute beginning and I'm like hey if you're ever sad just go look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself how much you love each other because you have yourself first um Growing up, you your parents have you first, right? You have that dependency on them. Um, but never once when I was a kid did I look in the mirror and be like, hey, Cheyenne, I got you. Mm-hmm. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, you always, again, outsource that love to other people. Yeah. So I wanted to teach her from the beginning 100% that it's you, baby. It's mm-hmm. you who loves you. And that's so, I mean, I so many of us struggle with that even through our whole life of loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's such a hard thing to do. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, It's not even funny. Scratch that. There is an incubus lyric that before, like I really understood the lyrics to the awareness that I have now. When I heard it, I was like, huh, that's a really tricky line in society to have right now. But he says, um, we should all learn to love ourselves before it's illegal, which I know he like says it prettier, but I'm like, wow, how accurate. Like if we all realize the power of loving ourselves, what it gives to ourselves, what it gives to our purpose and what it would give to our world. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We would save the world with mm-hmm. literally just love. And then you like go into the Beatles and it's like, all you need is love. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, and everybody can like act like they just took too much acid and were happy all the time, but if you tap into that source and you yeah. understand that profound, unconditional love that all of these people are talking about, singing about, writing about, and painting about, yeah, it's euphoric. Mm-hmm. And I was 
tapped into it at about 20 and I felt it for the first time. And, um, yeah, it made me want to live. I was like, what the was that? (laughs) That's insane. That's amazing. But it's really important for me to show Monroe all of those. And, um, on a side note, it's really important for me to be as honest as possible about who I was before she came. So she understands that like my identity is very important to me. It doesn't take anything away from you and I, I'm going to be the best mother that I can from you, but we're going to live a completely different life than everybody around you. And that's okay. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be awesome. Yeah. So, so what are we talking about today anyway? My goodness. Honestly, one of my favorite topics, but one of the more heavier topics. Unnecessary topic. Ascension, spirituality. Mm-hmm. I really hate like tying it to those words too, because I believe you can just have a dark night of the soul and that doesn't mean you're going to go buy a bag of crystals and start <laughs> meditating. Right. Dark night of the soul is something that I believe everybody is going to go through in their soul evolution process. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not this life. Maybe you just kind of came in to like toe the line on some things and keep the vibrations balanced and level. And, um, for the people that are evolving, understand their consciousness is waking up and these bad things in life that are happening to you. Um, they're meant to wake you up to a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, so today we're going to discuss, um, the dark night of the soul. Uh, we're going to give obviously some tree branches to you. Um, but Desiree has a fabulous website that we have to plug. And if there's anybody that needs resources into dark night of the soul obviously we're open you know our email hit it down at the bottom if you need to but take it away with this website yeah so um when i was younger (laughs) um of course i think a lot of us suffer from depression when we're growing up and going through our things um but i was going through an especially hard depression um in full disclosure, wondering if I should even continue in life because we've all been there. No yeah. shame in the suicide it happens, button. Right. Yep. Um, and somehow, some way I heard about a thing called the dark night of the soul and some of the symptoms of it and what it feels like. And I thought, gosh, that feels an awful lot like what I'm going through. And, you know, really in an effort of just kind of grasping at straws, you know, of any light at the end of the tunnel, anything, I guess, that would make me think maybe I don't have to hit this button. Maybe there is something that I should hang on to. Um, I was looking for what is a dark night of the soul? Is that really what I'm going through? And there's an other side to this. I came across a website um, and for me, it is kind of the ultimate resource um, for spirituality, for dark night of the soul, especially. And it's called lonerwolf.com. Um, and it just has so much information and not fluff information. You know, it's like the five tips and tricks, and it's the same five tips and tricks that you can find on every other website that you've ever gone to. It's so robust and so resourceful. So, um, When you first go to the website, you're going to get a page that gives you a ton of resources for lots of 
different spiritual journey information. So finding out what your spiritual calling is, um, information on resisting the path, finding guidance, starting your journey, um, going inward. And then there's a topic called facing the darkness. And that's where you're going to find information on your dark night of the soul. There's also um, illumination, traps and pitfalls, rebirth, integration, um, but I want to focus a little bit on facing the dark night of the soul, um, because that's really, uh, where I got a lot of information and any time throughout my life when I f- come across someone who's having some depression and I feel like, you know, maybe it's kind of a really dark depression. Anytime I hear someone going through a dark depression, I always point them to dark, dark night of the soul just to 100% yeah like you know what maybe it is maybe it isn't but just go see because it's really something that's kind of a self-evaluation thing and because if it is something that you're going through understanding what it is really helps you kind of poke your head up from the bottom um so like when you go to the um facing the darkness tab there's so many articles about dark night of the soul um and I'm not going to go through each of those articles, but just to give you some example of what some of the articles are, things like um, ego defense mechanism, um, 13 signs that you have complicated grief, um, signs that you're experiencing uh, spiritual emergency, signs of toxic relationships, signs that you have a wounded inner child. Okay, we probably all have that. <laughs> yeah, just check that off the list. The right. first one and that one. We all have ego defenses. We have to. Right. What is toxic shame? Um, letting go of anxiety and toxic people. Abusive hovering of a narcissist. I mean, there's... Um, Omens of a dark night of a soul, like just emotional energy. Like there's so much good information that helps us understand like what we're, are we going through something because somebody else is putting us there? Are we going through it because it's our spiritual path? Are we going, I mean, just so many pieces of information that are going to be helpful. Um, And then I wanted, uh, they, they have some information. And so I wanted to share it. So if you think that you're experiencing some of these symptoms, um, then this can indicate that you could be, um, of course, having depression, but it also could indicate that you're having a dark night of the soul. So here's the list. Um, Extreme sadness with no explanation as to why you're sad. Uncontrollable crying, a feeling of emptiness, loss of emotional or of motivation in activities that you once enjoyed, loss of appetite or a need to binge, insomnia or sleeping too much, a desire, uh, no desire actually for sex, um, increased use of drugs or alcohol. So there comes in that addiction. Um, the need to withdraw from social relationships or a desire to isolate, poor personal hygiene, irritability and mood swings, nightmares, body aches, headaches, or problems with digestion, feelings of worthlessness, no energy, or thoughts of suicide. So again, all of those are signs of depression, but they're also signs of a dark night of the soul. Um, and then here are really specific things that are typically related just to 
dark nights of the soul. So if you have those first items, those are definitely depression symptoms. And then these are the ones that really indicate that it goes a little further than that. So you have no idea what's happening to you or why, and nothing seems to have caused it. You begin to question the very fabric of your being. So why are you here? You're considering the possibility that your career doesn't suit you, that you have a higher purpose. You feel like you're losing your faith if you're spiritual or religious. You begin to think that there is a God if you've previously been an atheist. You feel the need to disconnect from people you've been very close to in your past because they no longer serve you. Your thoughts naturally gravitate to deep philosophical topics like nature or existence. You begin to take unwelcome trips down memory lane to times in your life you would rather forget, so you're revisiting past issues. You begin to be more forgiving of strangers and realize that they're all just doing the best they can. You feel a sense of sadness for humanity as a whole while suddenly feeling a strong connection to it. You get in touch with your own mortality and the mortality of others and grieving deaths that have not even happened yet. You begin to realize that everything is temporary, so you start questioning what is the point of anything. You feel an intense need to be alone in your own company, even though you are thoroughly miserable with yourself. Nothing interests you, even activities you've always had a true passion for. You, un- <clears throat> excuse me. you wonder if you're a bad person, even if you've always thought of yourself as a good person. Conversely, you think you might actually be a good person, even though you've always thought of yourself as a bad person. You begin to feel the need to rebel against institutions like the government, school systems, and corporate structures. You re-examine positions you have always been firm on and begin to question if you have been wrong all along. So things like abortion, racism, materialism, corporate success, the existence of God, etc. You become aware of your own powerlessness. You feel the need to purge yourself of material possessions and downsize. Or you feel completely hopeless to change your situation and you're totally hopeless that will ever change. So those are the kinds of things that tell you it's more than depression and it's more likely a dark night of the soul experience. And when you go through a dark night of the soul experience, um, a lot of times people will experience a ego death. So ego death is um, interesting because it's kind of become like a coined phrase where everyone's like, oh, my ego died. I've had an ego death. It's like it's like kind of something that everyone's aspiring to. Yet at the same time, we're human. And so we're here to have a human experience and ego is human. So ego is also a part of balance, though, too. Yeah, exactly. So it's a Buddhist context, a purifier disposition. You could also say that about like your shadow side. So if your shadow side and your light side, you know, are fighting and then the light side kills all of the shadow, technically you'd be like, then you're all light. But as the universe and nature shows us, you need that yin and yang in both. Yeah. And you need that, that unification, that partnership, that forgiveness, that understanding. Yeah. So most people 
think um, killing their ego and having an ego death means like is a goal. Yep, you're good. You're done. You're fine. You're happy all the time. You're here for humanity. Da 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 da. You're a light freaking being. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I mean, like you've probably just put your ego on a weird pedestal. Yeah, you've probably now, killed now your material ego, and yes. now you're a spiritual ego, and you yeah. just don't know that your ego's just moved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like an ego is a very intricate part of yourself. But mm-hmm. um, I, so you know that movie Inside Out? Yeah. Like with the little characters and yeah. they control and the emotions Riley. in your brain. Too. Yeah. So I have one of those, but I call it the green room. Uh huh. You know, like where you hang out either backstage or before a show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a green room in my head and I've like designed it, <laughs> you know. And um, when I am trying to build the awareness that I'm actually living in an ego state, I ask myself why my ego showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, is it like somebody pissed me off am I protecting myself am am I trying to show off too much am I trying to fit in too much like all these questions I have to ask myself Mm -hmm. but when I realize it's there and it's not serving my highest good or anybody around me at the moment right um I I'm always like in my mind I walk myself back to the room Mm -hmm. and as I'm walking my ego down the hallway to the green room that I've built in my head I'm always like Thank you so much for always stepping up for me when I feel weak to participate in my human experience. Mm. You are so, so relevant. You are so, so important to me. But I think that you need to go chill out in the green room. I have all your favorite snacks. (laughs) I have your blanket. And I just want you to chill because I'm actually going to go ahead and bring up a different part of myself now that's going to serve this situation better than you. Mm You are not wrong right now, but you're not serving the whole team. You're just serving yourself. Mm. And you're here to show me why I feel like I need to act this way, why I'm protecting myself from whatever situation I'm in. But I want you to know, ego of mine, that you are loved Mm -hmm. and you are mine. And I'm still going to take care of you, even if sometimes you get me into a little bit of trouble and you know, my head deflates really big where I can't even fit into a doorway sometimes because right. <laughs> we all do that. Yeah. But I think instead of when we talk about the ego, I think it's really, really, really important to make sure that we're not coaching people to be like, hey, if you have an ego death, like everything's fine after that mm-hmm. um, because that's a part of yourself. Every part, good or bad of yourself, you have to figure out how to love. Right. And the ego was the one after like I had my ego death, so to speak, I've had plenty of them. Um, the temporary release of the ego is, is like a lifting up and you're revealing like this mystical universal stellar layer of yourself right? that you, you know, dive into like, you know, you're like, see your light for a minute and then the ego like comes it back over. It's like a, like a salesman that like <laughs> you need someone some like, yeah, yeah. like, holds the the trench thing open open. like that's kind of how it is but I mean my PSA for the ego part at least is just it's another part of purifying a part of yourself you're not going to kill your ego to where Mm -hmm. you are all that you're still here to have a Mm -hmm. a human experience but you have that purpose Mm -hmm. you know well and I like how um you were saying you have that green room and you have a conversation, you know, let it know it's loved and you thank it for showing up. For me, the way I experience my ego right now is when I'm aware of it, which I'm not convinced I'm 100% aware of it all the time, but 
Um, the times that I know I'm aware of it, I it's a feeling inside of me. It's like a an emotional, physical sensation, and it feels very ugly and gross to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that feeling when it comes up, and I'm like, and I'm just very aware of it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is ugly. This like is the, gross. The spinal. Why area, am I doing like, this? Ugh. What is happening? And I'm aware of it. And so I can start deregulating what's happening and what I'm doing. You know, like I remember last night there was a situation at the house where um, it turned on. (laughs) And I was like, hello, I'm here. I'm going to play right now. And I was just like, you know, when I started, you know, getting angry and yelling at my youngest for something that had... I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have been. It was was my ego that was doing it. It happened. Yeah. And... And then I kind of I just went and I sat down and I was like, okay, we're going to we're going to stop that right now. And, um, you know, and then I was explaining, I was like, you know, I'm really sorry that I did that. That wasn't your fault. You had nothing to do with that. And I shouldn't have reacted that way. That was inappropriate, you know, and I think it's really important that when we do engage in behavior that we know isn't our best, that even especially with our children, that they see that the adults in their life have the capacity to apologize to them because um, that's big. So many times adults don't believe that they owe the children in their life's apologies. I never understood that. Yeah. Or if it was, it didn't seem like as genuine as like Mm -hmm. you had to do it. Yeah. Like if you as a child learning, learning to apologize and make Mm -hmm. it feel genuine and all of that. And they're like, that wasn't, no, you can do better than that. It's like, what? Uh, I learned my apologies from you, and yours are baseless. Right. So like, or, or I'm they sorry don't I did that. Or they don't happen, or if mm-hmm. they do, it's it's kind of like a write-off apology. Yeah, well, okay, fine. I'm the adult, you're the child. Yeah. Or my favorite, you're not going to remember this. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. Yeah. Hello, I'm Cheyenne. I remember way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, anyway, what? so my point there was just that I, I really think that creating that conversation like when you know it's your ego that just showed up and it's not something that you enjoy talk to it why are you here don't right because I don't think that I have gotten to the point where I'm like hey thank you for being here and teaching me what you just taught me and I still love you I haven't done that I can candidly say that meditation built a relationship with me and my ego because I was able to slow down that was after I had an ego death. That was after I faced a lot of like shadow work, dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. I still continue to do shadow work, so to speak. Um, that again, it's you build it. Mm-hmm. This work is hard. Yeah. And the ego, I mean, not only just like putting a sweet little necklace around it or a collar around it and being like, hey, but conversing with it like we're on the same team mm-hmm. we're running the same mind body and spirit right if you continuously come in here and mess everything up that we're working for right you are going to continue to be very miserable mm-hmm. and then if you don't have conversations with yourself yet and you realize there are people out there that talk to themselves and it's not schizophrenia, which is what most people <laughs> tell you, or you hear voices. Um, 
That's really powerful if you can ask yourself why you're asking that way and then you can respond back. Because mm-hmm. what I've found, like here's an example for people that are like, the fuck is going on in this episode? Um, <laughs> right. They're like, they're talking about talking to yourselves. <laughs> um, so for instance, I was having a conversation with my ego one time and I asked it why it was there. And it wasn't me that responded. It was a conversation between my present self, my ego protecting me and my inner child came out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why did I act that way? Why is my ego here? And then little eight year old Cheyenne responded of why we decided to react that way. And then I go, okay, Cheyenne, eight year old Cheyenne. Um, what happened that 30, 30 year old, 31 year old had like reacted that way. And like my, and mine, like I get like mind's eye visions. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I see way too much, let's be Mm -hmm. honest, but I get, it's like a download of a picture or a story and they like to be theatrical. So sometimes they'll put it in like those old projectors, the (laughs) three, two, one. Yeah. Especially the inner child stuff is three, two, one. Cause it's based on like nostalgia and root systems and stuff. So I'll be like, why did I do that? And then it'll play a video and it'll show me a memory of something that happened to me when I was, um, with siblings, with babysitters, with grandparents, with whatever the story could be, but they'll show me the exact reason the exact time that this happened to you. So that's why you acted that way. Mm-hmm. And you connect those timelines basically. And I go, Oh, okay. And even though you know, the answer, you still have to integrate that understanding and give yourself some grace mm-hmm. because now, now that you have the answer, now you do the work with breaking down the now improper pathway. The yeah. yeah. So knowledge is power, but knowledge is work. Yeah. So, um, love your ego, mm-hmm. you know, it's a part of you mm-hmm. and it's there to help you, but it has a purpose. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. a conversation with it and build yeah. a green room in your head. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I might do that. You're always backstage. <laughs> I'm always backstage. I'm, I'm waiting for the next show. Mm-hmm. So I, when I was doing my research, I found something that I thought was kind of just interesting. Um, and that is, um, the, I guess, kind of definition or um, origin of the word person, which comes from persona, um, which is uh, masks. So in Greece, uh, per through sona means talking through sounds or talking through a mask. So person is a mask. The word person means mask. And um, the mask is your ego or your uh, your id, your ego is your id, your person is your mask. And so the dark night of a soul is the removal of that mask, and it's a breaking of your ego, and it's a discovery of who you are beyond your mask. So wow. it's, yeah. I love that. I've never heard that before. That's great. And um, something that we can ask ourselves um, if we're trying to find out, have I had an ego death? Have I gone through a dark night of the soul? Um, and maybe I haven't known it. You know, I had a really bad depression back when I was 20 or something. Yeah. Um, when you hear, <clears throat> when you hear someone having success, does that make you happy? Does it make you sad? Does it make you jealous? Does it make you envious? What do you feel if your best friend comes up to you and says, hey, I just want a million dollars? Are you like, oh my God, that's amazing. I am so happy for you. Or is there something inside of you that says, Am I going to get some of that? Why did they get it and not me? Well, how did they get it? I bet they didn't earn it. What is your reaction inside? Because that's going to tell you if there's any ego. 
So um, if you feel if you feel like you're missing out, then you're still in your ego. And again, ego isn't bad. Yeah, don't feel bad about Mm-mm. it. But, I think it's made to feel bad. Yeah, but if if somebody comes up to you and they give you good news, and your your full gut reaction is amazing and happy, and you just want to feel that joyful moment with them, there's no ego involved in that. That's just pure love and I love the way it feels to be happy for somebody Mm -hmm. versus like how I obviously like used to feel in the situation which I think most of us everything that you listed off we have all done or are Mm -hmm. still doing and I and I yeah those are like my trigger points like I can Mm -hmm. assess how my ego is just getting on social media if I judge like the first three posts right you know (laughs) you're just like okay yeah and then you're like oh shit this isn't me mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't be on social media right now if I'm just right. going to scroll through and judge because it just right. reinforces that cyclical negative energy right. coming over and over and over. So I usually only like to engage in it when I feel good and post on it when I feel good because it's an energy I'm giving out to the world. Mm-hmm. And this is the platform that I've chosen to push my energy through, whether mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever I want. There are days where I have to check myself and yeah. be like, this isn't good for me today. Like we need to go and find out why we're feeling this way Mm -hmm. because this, this, this is just giving you an awareness. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad that you just judge somebody because you didn't mean it. We're learning lessons. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I'll catch myself. um, You know, one thing, because I I say I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I'm always starting stuff. And and sometimes I get to feeling bad because I don't feel as though I'm being supported in the way I would like to be by all of my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when you start a new business every week, your friends like, gosh, dang, how many times do I have to like this? Right. Yeah. Like I I have bills and shit, Desiree. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Um, And so um, when I go by a post where one of my connections is saying, hey, I just started my business or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you didn't like mine and I'll scroll past it. And I'll go, no, you go right back up there and you like it and you comment and you tell them congratulations. Take that higher road. Well, and it's not only about the higher road, but it's also about putting the energy out there that you want to have, right? Yes, You know, so one, it's about, you know what, just because they didn't like the 16th post this month about the new business you started Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you need to be that person, right? So give the energy that you want, mm-hmm. right? And turn your ego off and stop it, you know? <laughs> yes. Again, really big on the awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I hope this story fits, but it popped up, so I'm going to tell it. <laughs> so when I came to Wichita, I came into a restaurant that was like, um, hey, fix this. <laughs> <laughs> please um and the guy said i want you to walk around for the next two weeks he's like i know you're trigger happy i know you already know who you want to let go how you want to redo the training manuals what do you want to do with the uniforms he's like but all i want you to do is walk around for the next two weeks with a notebook in the back of your pocket and i want you when you come up across something that you don't want you don't understand or is not right do not fix it immediately the way you think that you want it fixed. Write it down and under it put why. Why do we do this? Mm-hmm. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Mm-hmm. He said, I know it's going to be hard for you, but I challenge you. You will get so much more out of it than 
fixing all of these situations one by one because he also wanted me to acclimate to my new environment before I started coming in and firing everybody, which it, I didn't because fire there everybody. Because be a reason that you don't see. Yeah, and I, I mean, I didn't fire everybody. I just had to assess who was there for the company and who was there to ride for the brand mm-hmm. and who, you know, should go somewhere else. Graduate to customer. Whatever they, yeah, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, that is your job. Like you protect the brand, you ride for the brand. So that's something that is a core value and I had to do there. So I think that in this situation that you were talking about, like if you know that you want to rebuild those pathways and you don't know where to start, why don't you take a sweet little baby notebook and put it in your purse, your back pocket, or just like have the notebook on your phone and, you know, label it my whys and you come across something in the world in your relationships in your relationship with yourself whatever you want to do and you're like instead of reacting instead of fixing instead of whatever you want to do ask yourself why and if you don't have the answer now that's why you're writing it down you're not supposed to stop and analyze it because we're that's our biggest excuse is none of us have time but if you had a notebook and you could write down the question and write down this and write down this and then you take accountability for your growth and you sit down and you assess these questions over time wow you're gonna be revitalized with what life's purpose actually is I know one of the things that you hit on for dark night of the soul was you know you come around to this concept of is all of this meaningless what is this worth you could have the perfect job the perfect car the house the family the promotions, the money, you could have every worldly success in the world, but you can talk to anybody. Jim Carrey is probably the best reference you could think of. Um, you get everything you want, you get everything your ego wants and you're still like empty inside. Mm -hmm. So speaking from an earthly human perspective with, Oh, like I'm here to be successful and now look at me. Um, Oh my God, this is all meaningless, but Mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -hmm. The ego actually has to evolve and go through those steps to experience them, to fill it up. Mm -hmm. And then that ego is filled up. And now you realize that you're still empty and all of these things that you've been taught and trained that were supposed to fill your soul, that were supposed to be successful. Those weren't the answers at all. Mm -hmm. This is just the beginning Mm -hmm. when you come to these. It's the tower card in tarot. It's the death card in tarot. It's all the stuff that you don't want to face, but it makes you want to live. It makes you want to get up more because you're not being mundane. You're not going, oh God, 45 years until I retire. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of humdrums in our lives, but again, it comes back to choice. For the most part, obviously, there's a lot of, like, other stuff going on. I don't want to be like, leave your jobs. You're better. Let's all start a commune. Because I do want to do that. Um, But seriously, like, um, not feeling bad about ego is really important. Yeah. Um, If you're experiencing a dark night of the soul or feeling like you are, super important to go to this website that you plugged or Mm -hmm. reach out to somebody. Yeah. my like my favorite thing like when I started going through all of my stuff is when I met you so I would be going through like some whatever weird thing I was going through and I would like text you 
You're like, Desiree, what the fuck? <laughs> is, like, is this correct? Like, is this normal? Um, because it feels like almost an out-of-body experience sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've taken psychedelics um, plenty of times. So there were moments where I was like, I'm fucking tripping balls right now. <laughs> and then when I realized I was vibrating on a higher frequency than I was used to managing, mm-hmm. um, like Nata Brahma said on one of his episodes, you're entering a different octave of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, releasing the old, bringing in the new. Um, but it's all very painful mm-hmm. and w- nobody likes pain. Right. But, uh, emotions are like visitors. You wave them. Hello. You acknowledge that your presence and you go. Mm-hmm. It's like a 10, four rule, like 10 feet away. Hi, I smile and I acknowledge your presence. Four feet. I am actually talking to you because you're in front of me and we need to talk, but it's so easy to ignore these like invisible thoughts and invisible things in our heads. It's like we don't want people to know that we're trying to figure out life. It's like, hey, do you have it figured out? It's like, I totally have it figured out. I'm 25. No, you don't. But again, you're operating from your ego, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. My favorite explanation of an ego death is from the Grateful Dead, which mm-hmm. now tours as Dead and Company. John Mayer heads it. Don't even get me started on John Mayer. What? Yeah. What? Hang on, hang on. So the Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead, like the original band, the, you know, surviving members, I guess you could say. And I'm sure they rotate a couple others out. John Mayer, like, heads dead in company. So, like, it's meant to rotate musicians out and, like, bring, you know, that. You didn't know that? Are you being for real right now? John Mayer just dropped an album not too long ago, and he still tours with dead and company. And it would technically be Bob Weir. Who's the like main original member of Grateful Dead? My mind is blown. I didn't know you didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know this is common knowledge. Oh my god! Yeah, I still haven't been to a Dead and Company show, but I'm like definitely gonna go. John Mayer. What? Why do I feel like? Okay, so I'll be honest. I don't really know the Grateful Dead music. That's okay. You know the culture, though. You understand. But it doesn't it. feel. Like it goes with John Mayer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up off my boy. Okay. No, I'm not saying I don't like John Mayer. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you actually think that John Mayer doesn't fit in to Dead and Company and all of that, then you must remember like when John Mayer started and we're like, your body's a wonderland and all of that. That's who I know. The evolution of this musician is intoxicating to watch. Okay. Obviously we know I have like my incubus (laughs) thing with Brandon Boyd. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm so severely inspired by your story, your evolution and everything that you make. On the other end of the spectrum for me is John Mayer. Like if you put Brandon Boyd and John Mayer in a blender, I'd freaking die if that person existed (laughs) because watching them and like growing up with their music and their stories and obviously the more that social media and them explaining themselves more and their perspective on life. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. But I remember like John Mayer being like super like clean, clean cut, top 10 charts, all that fun stuff. And then, um... I felt like obviously I bounce around in music, so I'm not always consistently listening to the same people, but I dropped off from him for a while. Nothing that he did. Um, And I saw a picture on social media one day where he went from clean cut to like, hey, I've been living in a yurt. I have a crystal collection. He kind of looked like he hadn't showered in three days and his hair was long and greasy, which to me was like kind of hot because it looked like it meant he was living on the road. And I was like, the fuck is John Mayer doing now? I was like, this this dude's on a whole other level that I don't even know. 
So obviously start listening to his music again. But like even me, like I don't closely pay attention to the musician's evolution and their backstory. I'm really into how I'm connecting with their music. But um, John Mayer totally fits into Dead, Dead and Company. Well, I'm going to have to go check out his music now. Oh, my God, dude. His new album? <laughs> Woo! Oh, that, I guess I, I just feel like is like my favorite. If Did I'm going to plug a song. Did I jump? I don't know. I'm really glad that we're recording. I I cannot no believe you didn't know that. No, I, I honestly, I feel like... I feel like I went to bed last night and I lived in one world and I woke up this morning and it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. Yes. New I'm surprising point. I'm here. really uh I'm really How long glad has this been I, happening? I don't know. I do know. Okay, so there's an app called nugs.net that I would like love to sponsor um and talk about cuz I probably will. Uh, but I had a friend expose me to the app. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. Like as much as I'm like, how can I get music on my phone? They're like download nugs.net. And it has like all the live performances of all these bands that, you know, you didn't even know existed and you did know existed. Like everybody's live performances are on here. And I got access to the app and I immediately went to Deaded Company and started listening to John Mayer with them. And I mean, my huh. my soul woke up again in another in another octave. Well, goodness. I suppose if I ever get some time, I'm gonna have to look into this. I have been recommended by so many people. Like if you go to a Dead and Company show alone, it'll just change your life, which is mm-hmm. what I'm circling back into the ego alone. death. Why do you have to go alone? No, just like go. Oh, okay. Like don't be scared to go alone. Oh, okay. That's okay. how good the community of people is. Okay. They'll take you in, they'll take care of you, they take care of each other. So a lot of people in the dead culture, so to speak, will always talk about an ego death and Mm -hmm. like the steal your face. Okay. Which again, Incubus also quotes steal your face in one of their songs. And I'm like, oh my God, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I fucking love you. Um, It's like, it's a little scavenger hunt for awakening is what I think. Um, But the biggest part about their culture is taking that mask off, Mm -hmm. being your true self. This is who you really are. And music them specifically takes you back to that obviously their origin is like lsd parties and shit which is fine let's say that was the time that's the way the band needed to be created but there is no culture like the deadhead culture and i've just observed it for years i haven't actually been to the show but i know with full certainty when i go into it i'll never get out of it Like, I'll be like, I love you, and I love you, and I love you. And the best part is I'll be sober with it, too. It's not like you have some substance Mm -hmm. This, you know, like I took ecstasy and went to a show. I'm like, the music gets me high. Seeing them play and doing all of that, it's a release. And I think people forget that at a show, like when they're just being entertained. You guys are, like, providing a service to each other. Like, you're mm-hmm. releasing. That's why you came here. But you also get to be an authentic part of yourself if you actually want to, like, be with that. So I bring Grateful Dead up because literally, like, in my mind, in my culture, if anybody says ego death, immediately the emblem for Grateful Dead pops <laughs> up. Um, but another thing that I found is... Like your little checklist that you just did, mm-hmm. I found um, 
a cool website. It's called The Deadhead Cyclist. And he's got, I'll just read a little excerpt from his website. It says, another non-psychedelic means of achieving such a level of humility is to go outside on a clear night, completely straight, look up in the sky, and consider following mind-blowing facts. So, one, (laughs) this is checking your ego 101, according to this awesome website. Um, Our sun is one of more than 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, and our galaxy is one of more than 100 million galaxies in the universe. (sighs) One million Earths can fit inside the sun. Stop. So I got another one for you. 100 million of 100 million of 100 billion. Like, like, yeah, like think Dying. about like how big, how far away that is. And and we're one little human and we think we're the shit. We're not even this, the shit of the shit of the shit of the shit of the is, shit. This is the point of these exercises yeah. to go look up at the sky and, um, you know, remind, like be humble, remind yourself, yeah. you know? So it says light travels at a speed of 186,282 miles per second it takes eight minutes and 20 seconds for light from the sun, which is 93 million miles from Earth to reach us. What? Look how small we are. It's so cute. <laughs> so the last We're one. so cute. The last one. And then he has, he ends the article really fun. Um, a car ride to the nearest star, Sirius, a.k.a. the dog star. At 70 miles per hour would take more than 356 billion years. Ceres is nearly 6 trillion miles away and some 25 times as luminous as the sun. So he says, still feel big and important. (laughs) But then there's also, you know, how we like to usually break stuff down between like religions and perspectives and over time. It says ego death isn't unique to the psychedelic model, which is what most people know it as, as you take psychedelics, you have an ego death. It says the notion of a loss of self is a fundamental human experience that's been the subject of psycho-spiritual paths to numerous to mention, too numerous to mention, ranging from ancient mysticism all the way over to medieval Jewish Kabbalists and even the well-known, um, mystic author Rumi, you know, R-U-M-I, that we all like see this beautiful awakened love quote. And we're like, I want that. I love that. It's so much, so beautiful. Um, so uh, medieval Jewish Kabbalists call it the kiss of death for eternity. There's been an unmistakable attraction to the notion that he, the ego has to die in order for the highest human potential to come forward. So that's, another a different way of saying purify your disposition you don't necessarily kill your ego but he continues and says which begs the question why do we continue to carry this torch given the seeming failure of the hippie movement given that we still face the same problems that were at play in the 60s we have endless war corrupt leadership racial injustice environmental destruction economic inequality isn't this an example of the definition of insanity attributed to einstein in the famous saying insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results Mm -hmm. and then god i love music he says the answer may be found in this lyric from the song morning dew fittingly found immediately after death don't have no mercy in this week's featured show i'm plugging this guy's website it says i can't walk out in the morning dew my honey i can't walk out in the morning dew today 
the Grateful Dead's cover of this folk song by Canadian singer-songwriter Bonnie Dodson was released on the band's first album, and I'm not going to go where it all first performed, but I lost my place. Oh, no matter how we get there, whether through a psychedelic experience, the death of a loved one, a starry night, or any other experience that causes us to step outside of the illusion of ourselves as the central actor in a story of our own design, the ego death principle of so many traditions, including the hippie movement, must live on. Acting out of ego leads to greed, hate, and war. Or as conveyed in the tune, throwing stones, I've got mine and you've got yours. Humility leads to generosity, love, and peace. The fact that, oh, my computer's going to die. The fact that this great endeavor is still a work in progress is not evidence of its failure, whether it is proof of its multi-generational nature and the need to protect the flame and continue to pass the torch forward. Whether we continue to walk out together in the morning of the dew of this beautiful life is what hangs in the balance. So, for all you people that think Grateful Dead and the people that support it are just a bunch of LSD walking around people smoking grass, loving life, they've really just tapped into the frequency that really made us and connects us all. And they understand that the ego is definitely there, but it needs to lift itself up because it's not supporting the part of ourselves that's going to propel us forward into the way that we want to be and we want to see the world and the world that we want to live in. If you like dissect their lyrics as a lyrical whatever they're called, um, you could have a spiritual awakening just going through Grateful Dead albums <laughs> because they are they are sending messages of love and light and understanding and truths triumphs all of that and the tragic thing about that is is these people are conduits for this information however they get it out to us and in that if they don't do their own work which we see all the time in the music industry however like however they get up on stage um they they end up passing away too soon is what i found they end up giving and giving and giving and I have to get this out. I have to get this knowledge out. This is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. I have to leave my mark on the world, you know? Um, and I say that cause you know, Jerry Garcia had obviously some fun drug problems that are obviously brought up in many grateful dead documentaries, but, um, take care of, take care of yourself. Even though you have a purpose, take time for yourself and um, really just go back to that self-love. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's more than just self-love. It's self-worth, self-care, just making time for seeing yourself. Because um, it's like what you say about outsourcing. When you're only looking for your value in other people's eyes, which I'm very guilty of. Oh, me too. Um, and then when it falls short, which it does so often... And so regularly. It's triggering. It's so triggering. And then. I thought I was doing so good. Yeah. That's so, what I say to myself. I'm like, the fuck is going on right now, Shane? We're better than this. Yeah. I mean, the only place you should really look for your value is in yourself. Because. It all starts with you. Yeah. Yeah. We all have a story, but. Which is like my little wrap up to this in my head is like. um, What happened to you is not your fault. 
but your healing is 100% your responsibility. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I love taking that on myself because I was always the person with the cape on that would like go and fix and help and fix and help and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And I would make excuses for like why people would act the way they would do, especially in my relationships. Mm -hmm. Like if they, if I just got to a point where I was like, this isn't working anymore. What am I supposed to do? Like, I love this person, but I don't think I can be with them because you know, if this, 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 this it's a really great audit system to do. Mm -hmm. You can't make excuses for someone that's not putting in their own work mm -hmm. and then they're coming back into you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you're my source of love. You're my source of validation. You, 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 you. Mm -hmm. Because eventually like you're just in this like weird relationship vortex where like you're just, you know. Yeah. It's called a karmic relationship. Yeah. They, they teach you the best lessons. Yeah. And then a soulmate or a twin flame comes along mm -hmm. and shit just gets really crazy. Yeah. but and But we all collectively have to stop looking for someone to complete us because we do. I mean, I'm speaking personally here looking for someone to, Oh no, no, no. You're talking about <laughs> me too, girl. Yeah. You know, we look for that person to say, okay, you know, when you value me enough, I'm okay. When you treat me this way, I'm okay. When you give this to me, I'm okay. When you show up for me in these ways, I'm okay. And until we, treat me this way until we show up for ourselves this way until we value ourselves this way we're until we can do that for ourselves we need to stop trying to find it anywhere else because we're just doing a lot of damage to ourselves and them it's also cyclical energy that you consistently hold yourself in mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not it's yeah. so easy to be like oh i'm doing this because of this i'm here because of this i can't mm -hmm. leave because of this yeah you got to make those plans. You got to help yourself. Mm -hmm. You're right. It does all start with you. So guess what? What? I could not believe that when we um, decided to do the episode on Dark Night of the Soul, mm -hmm. um, that you didn't pull Eckhart Tolle's website because I have a whole page in front of me that is now my source <laughs> that I'm going to dabble in a little bit because you you did an immaculate job. I, the only reason I want to talk is because I have Eckhart on the dark night of the soul. <laughs> and I, I want to pretend like you don't even know who he is. And be like, Desiree, do you know who Eckhart Tolle is? Uh, you mean the guy who wrote A New Earth? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I know that him and Wayne Dyer are like your dudes. They're my people. They're my people. Yeah. So no, I was I like, I cannot, did a dark cannot believe this is my research and not yours. So yeah, it's EckhartTolley.com slash Eckhart on The Dark Night of the Soul. Um, well written. I really like the website. It says, um, have you ever experienced The Dark Night of the Soul? Your teachings have been... Your teachings have been so helpful through this difficult period. Can you address this subject? And his response is always just Eckhart. <laughs> um, the dark night of the soul is a term that goes back a long time. Yes, I have also experienced it. It is a term used to describe what one could call a collapse of a perceived meaning in life. An eruption into your life of a deep sense of meaninglessness, which I know that we hit on that before. The interstate in some cases is very close to what is conventionally called depression. Nothing makes sense anymore. There's no purpose to anything. Sometimes it's triggered by some external event, some disaster perhaps on an external level. Um, the death of someone close to you could trigger it, especially premature death, um, uh, child death, husband, anything. 
any death like that, but the person that's like right next to you, that's connected to you or you made, yeah, that's going to trigger a lot. Um, or you could build, or what do you say? Oh, or you had built up for your life and given it meaning. So the trajectory, the trajectory plans that we all give ourselves like i have to get the job i have to get the promotion i have to get the wife i have to have the baby i have to have the husband married i have by to have the baby married by, by 30, this then blah, i have blah, to blah. have the house i have to worry about a 401k blah, 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 blah. like you're planning a life but you're actually like not living and you're not even like planning the life that you want you're just right. doing like what society tells you so you can fit in and blah 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 unworthiness issues mm-hmm. let me keep going with that card um uh, da, da, da. the meaning of that you had given your life your activities your achievements where you're going and what is considered important and the meaning that you had given your life for some reason collapses um it can happen if something happens that you can't explain away anymore some disaster which seems to invalidate the meaning that your life had before really what has collapsed when is the whole conceptual framework for your life the meaning that your mind had given it He's so philosophical. Even I'm like, whoa, this is going to take me a minute to digest. (laughs) If you have to repeat this section, I don't blame you. I'm even mind blown. Uh, So that results in a dark place. Um, People have gone into that. And then there's the possibility that you emerge out of that into a transformed state of consciousness. Absolutely. Life has meaning again, but it's no longer a conceptual meaning that you can necessarily explain. Quite often, it's from there that people awaken out of their conceptual sense of reality, which has collapsed. Ergo, the tarot and death card, the tower mm-hmm. and death card and tarot. Um, they awaken into something deeper, which is no longer based on concepts in your mind. I also think it's not based on conditional love. I think when you awaken, you find that most of those underlying issues um, are the fact that so many of us operate from conditional love, obligations, conditions, contracts, marriages, whatever you want to call it. And when you awaken, you can feed yourself that unconditional love, but I think you'll always still yearn to have it be a mutual energy come back to you, that compatibility and the frequency. Um, at least that's what I get from it. Cause that's what I notice mostly like the more and more that I open myself up. Um, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need unconditional love so bad. And when I run into situations where I'm not a part of it or I can't have it, I'm like, I am emaciated inside. Oh my goodness. I just, to actually know like what you've been missing the whole time. And I mean, that's just, that's profound in my experience alone. I'm like, damn it. The Beatles were right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he, he follows up and he says, it's kind of a rebirth, which ego death in a sense, the dark night of the soul is a kind of death that you die. What dies is the egoic sense of self. Of course, death is always painful, but nothing real has actually died there. Only an illusionary identity. Now it is probably the case that some people who have gone through this transformation realize that they had to go through that in order to bring about a spiritual awakening. Often it is part of the awakening process, the death of old self and the birth of true self. So did you read the course of miracles? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, that's great. Cause we're going to talk about the first lesson really quick. Cause I think <laughs> it'll fit what we're talking about. So it says the first lesson in a course in miracles says nothing I see in this room means anything. And you're supposed to look around the room at whatever you happen to be looking at. And you say, this doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. What is the purpose of a lesson like that? 
It's a little bit like recreating what can happen during the dark night of the soul. It's the collapse of a mind-made meaning, conceptual meaning of life, believing that you understand what it's all about, air quotes. Um, it's also a voluntary relinquishment of the human mind-made meaning that is projected and you go voluntarily into saying, I don't know what this means. This doesn't mean anything. You like wipe the board clean in the dark night of the soul when it collapses. So that's like, like when I knew that I was out of it and I was really like making my way is when I wasn't like, why did that happen to me? And my mind switched to what is this doing for me on a daily basis? That's when I was like, I think I'm coming out of it. I'm still, you know, going through and processing things. But so it says just for everybody that's going through, getting ready to go through or want to reminisce on your past. Um, it says you are meant to arrive at a place of conceptual meaninglessness or one could say a state of ignorance where things lose the meaning that you had given them, which was all conditioned and cultural and so on. Damn. That makes me feel good that I said that before him. Um, then you can look up, you can look upon the world without imposing a mind made framework of meaning. It looks of course, as if you no longer understand anything, which yes, that definitely happens on this. That's why it's so scary when it happens to you instead of actively consciously embracing it. It can bring about the dark night of the soul to go around the universe without any longer interpreting its compulsively as an innocent presence. You look upon events, people, and so on with a deep sense of aliveness. You're, you sense the aliveness through your own sense of aliveness, but you are not trying to fit your experience into a conceptual framework anymore. Yes. Yes, 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 a million times over. So, is your mind blown yet? Great. Because if you are just hearing about a dark night of the soul and you're like, oh my God, am I going to have a dark night of the soul? I hope so. <laughs> I hope you get past those mountains. Um, and I mean, like, a dark night of the soul is probably, besides like all the other reasons that we do this show, that was the one that I was like, we need to help people understand when they're going through it and that like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Like I'm on the other side of the mountain waving you over. Trust me, no matter what you've been through, no matter who you hurt, any of that, you will get through this. You will be better for it. And oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to see the light that I see because it is, it's so hard to explain in English. <laughs> so the other thing that's really hard with the dark night of the soul yes light codes <laughs> five 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 one five um the other thing that i think is really important to wrap up with is uh integration which this also goes back to loner wolf lonerwolf.com um and you can just go and hit the integration tab so i'm gonna read a couple things and um, then we're going to get into the music. Yay! <laughs> so it says the yin-yang, the mandala, the circle, and the aurora boris, the snake eating its tail. Oh, my God. That's also an incubus lyric. He's like, <laughs> don't you get it? You're the snake that eats its tail. Oh. Mm, love that shit. I'm so glad that it just came to my head. Um, are all symbols of integration. Um, which, ooh. 
Okay, so which happens at the beginning of the spiritual awakening journey. Perhaps the best way to summarize this part of it is the article is cutting off and I'm having a really hard time with reading this part. I literally (laughs) just saw this now. Um, So I'm just going to like shortcut it really quick because it says um, becoming the wisdom, love and peace that we've earned on the spiritual journey. This integration um, in becoming a living bodhisattva, I think is how it said, I hope, Um, which would be like a Kuan Yin right? Just like reaching enlightenment, um, getting out of the reincarnation cycle or like awakened being one. Um, not everybody that's going to go through this is like meant to be a guru. I think that that's also a misconception of it. Um, soul evolution is different for everybody. So if your soul evolution is just like find yourself and start a commune, that's your soul mission. If yours is to wake up and start a different business, play an instrument, be a hobo, you just have no idea right um but it's not like I don't want everybody to think that if you just go through it then you're gonna be a guru because that just really doesn't make sense to me like why would it make sense if we were just all gurus walking around like do you do you need anything are you good um so I guess that's just what I want to bring up since my page doesn't want to load as fast as I thought it wanted to um Yeah, no, I'm going to wing it. My integration tips don't want to come up. So integration tips from Cheyenne 101 per my experience. Um, Get a notebook, write it out, write to yourself. Um, If it's stuff that you never want any other human being to see because you're getting the deepest, yuckiest parts of yourself out, burn it. (laughs) It's a ritual. And don't like do that thing where... <clears throat> you're single and you're living on your own. And so you write a journal and then you put it away somewhere uh, because you don't want anyone to see it. And then like 20 years later, you have no idea where it is. And you're afraid that like your husband or your kid's going to find it one day and read it before you can get to it and burn it. Not that I know from personal experience, burn it right then. Sounds super personal experience. That's all I have to say about that. Well, uh, counter offer on that. <laughs> um, I have a milk crate of notebooks that I've brought up before on the show. Um, but I've carried them around with me since I was a kid. I have my very first writings and my very first journals all the way to what I wrote yesterday. <laughs> and when I moved in with my husband, I pointed at that crate like it was Pandora's box. <laughs> Do not ever look. <laughs> no. I said, um, you. when you married me, you married every part of me, even the parts that I forgot. But um, I wrote, I wrote them down and I wrote her down and I wrote her experiences down. If you ever open up one of those notebooks, you will not understand who that person is writing. <laughs> um, I I talk about so many things I saw, observed, um, and I go back to them um, randomly when I just need to see how far I come or who I used to be or how I used to talk or how I used to act or all the boys I had crushes on. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um my biggest thing that I recommend if you're going to write down and keep it for retrospection, like grab a lockbox and have some fun, but you need to date it and timestamp it. The reason you need to date it and timestamp it is because when you're doing your retrospections and you're going back and you have that physical paper in front of you, um, you're going to see proof of you working on your awareness. Like you really go back when you're like having stuck moments, right? You're like, I don't think I'm moving forward anymore. Let's just go check out what we've been through. Um, when I go back through, I'm like, Oh my God, 
uh, this was a Thursday at 1230 at work and I was just having like such an epiphany. Thank you, Cheyenne, for writing this down because there's no freaking way I've ever would have remembered if I didn't write this down. Mm -hmm. So all of my things, when I go back through my retrospection, I'm like, oh, I know where I was when I was writing this. I love when I get pulled out of like my reality to document my my reality, so Mm -hmm. to speak, like what's going on in my head and the subconscious and conscious layer just like thinning um do you have like a different perspective on what you should do like mine is writing it out and for integration yeah for integration like how do you take how do you come out of the room after the dark night of the soul because now now you're going to start um assessing the parts of your life that really don't serve you and this isn't a two-week process and it's not a 30-day course this is technically over the course of the rest of your life you're going to be auditing and figuring out who's actually supposed to be on your path with you and who you've kept as like I don't know like a comfort zone however you say it I mean journaling is huge sometimes you have to have guided journals sometimes you don't but I mean journal with intention so have the intention of asking yourself a question and trying to find the answer as you journal Um, the other thing that I recommend is meditation for me um, I like to meditate in my bathtub because when I um I will fill the tub up to the very top and then sink all the way to the very bottom. I mean, like my head's out, right? So Mm -hmm. I can breathe. But otherwise, I'm completely submerged in the water because um, water is a conduit of spirit. And so that's where I meditate and that's where all my answers come. Mm. Um, I love water meditations. They're mm -hmm. my fave. And so sometimes, you know, you'll add the salts and the rose petals or whatever it is that you're wanting to, you know, add extra jujus in your tub and... Um, I'll go there to find answers. So, you know, whatever epiphanies or ideas that come to me, I'll go and I'll ask the questions and I'll find the answers and then journal about that as well, because you'll want to remember that. But, um, and then also do things to give yourself little reminders, because I think, um, I have memory issues. And so the biggest thing for me is finding ways to help myself remember that I'm trying to integrate something. So whether it's, um, I use the screensaver on my phone a lot. So I'll put whatever it is I'm trying to do or manifest or remember to incorporate. I put that as a screensaver on my phone. So every time I open my phone, I'm reminded this is what I'm working on right now. So those are some of my tips. You hit the nail on the head. I do all of that. And the water is my favorite part. My <laughs> Landon actually makes fun of me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get in the shower. He's like, I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> I'm like, I am working on stuff. <laughs> this is riveting in here. Um, before I get to the music that I'm actually going to say today, there was an album name that came up to me when we were talking about all of this that reminded me most about the Dark Night of the Soul that came up to me also when I was going through my experience. And it... Um, It said finding beauty in negative spaces, which Mm. is why I think it's supremely important to write down everything that you're going through during this time, because there's going to come a day where you have no idea how you got through what you did. But if you have that notebook, if you have those notes, anything that you wrote down on, you go back and you have a monumental appreciation for the person that you've become and you realize that you put in the work and you did it. 
And there isn't a substance, there isn't a food, there isn't a lover or a friend that can give you that feeling that you did that work for yourself. Speaking from experience, 100%. (laughs) Um, so if you want to go listen to the album, you can, it's by Seether. Um, but finding beauty in negative spaces continuously like rotated in, in my mind, like that phrase rotated over and over when I was going through all my stuff, because I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be diving through this. I'm supposed to be doing this research on myself. So if you are having any issues in your dark night of the soul and you feel like you need some guidance past all of this, um, please reach out to our email or any of our social media. Um, we're here to let you know that you're not alone and there is another side. Um, and thank God that this is the follow-up for Callie's album or Callie's album, Callie's episode, because, um, she had a really, really like normal, wake up compared to a lot of the people that I had talked to. Like I know that we didn't get into like her Claire audience and guided meditations and astral travel because yeah. we, you know, so much more to her story, so much more to her story, but her dark night of the soul, I got to like essentially like observe in a way through our friendship. And I love how it is so relatable that it's not out there, that whether you're Christian, Catholic, atheist, whatever, you could probably identify with the modalities that she has been using to heal those parts of herself. Um, So that's probably my favorite part of hers. But today, 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 today on our outro music, um, don't forget, you guys still have to go check out Vitality Exposed Instagram. Okay, you got to go check out these concerts she's been shooting. I can't quit liking her page. It's amazing. But please go check out Kelly Catastrophe's Vitality Exposed Concert Photography because today she is going to put a spotlight on my buddy uh, Camden Smith down in Tennessee. Um, He plays around the Nashville area is probably the best way I would put it. He's always out there doing shows. But he has a a song called I Don't Want to Miss You. And I really, really like it. And I want to play it for all of you. And if you would like to download this, it's on all major streaming platforms, but you'll also be able to find it on the Spiritual Smorgasbord playlist that I will put on uh, Spotify pretty soon when we release this. So again, thanks for hanging out with us. I think this might be the shortest info episode unless I don't quit talking, (laughs) but I want to thank you all for hanging out and um, we really hope that you know how much you're loved and how worthy you are. Have a good day. Every night I see your smile in my mind. I know that side's gonna fade over time. Hearing your voice in my head. After a while, I feel like I'd be better off dead. This Georgia boy's heart all tore up Since you left that night My heart's been in a rush I can't get
Walking up 